Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agronovus Indiana. Thank you for being on our podcast. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for having me. So, yeah, here we are in front of our first live studio audience, and you have a podcast as well, and this is your first live studio audience. It is so. what could go wrong. Right. Really. <laughs> no, what, exactly. what could go no, wrong? Nothing. No, so we have editors in the back, so it'll be That's it'll good. be fine. That's so, good. Uh, Sal, you ready? I'm ready. You uh, usually ask me how I'm doing today. I'm not today. Okay. Not. He doesn't care today, <laughs> Sal. Yeah. Yep. So, Mitch, we always start <laughs> these episodes with a uh, question of the day. And your question of the day this morning is, what is your favorite purchase you've made over the last two years? Favorite purchase last two years. All right. So, I'm going to go with it is a, is, a, is a product that I have bought for myself and then this last Christmas season bought for others. Really cool company. The company is called Flags of Valor. So it's a veteran-owned company. They make American flags, service flags, think any kind of flag, all made by veterans here in the U.S., and they're awesome. Great gifts. This year I gave uh, their Christmas ornaments. So American flags with an inscription on the back of them, but a really cool company, something good to support, and looks awesome on the wall. Cool. All right. So that's it, Ryan. We're not going to let the guests go first anymore. <laughs> we always let the guests go first. <laughs> they always have better stuff than us. It's sure. all petty. Right. Well, I don't know how to follow that because it makes mine sound pretty petty, but I think uh, uh, the best thing I bought in the last couple of years was uh, got a new backhoe, which sounds really petty following the veterans' flags, but I'm surprised I didn't drive it up here today. It is my favorite piece of equipment, and uh, I use it for about everything. If I could. Uh, Drive it to work every day. I would, but it's a it's a lot of fun. That's, That's my. I should have had a sandbox when I was little because I didn't. Right. I like now construction. You do. I been do. Cheaper right? if you'd have got it out of your system early. So, so mine. I. I my wife. Uh, she'll be mad at me. She'll correct me when uh, when this airs. But uh, so she she talked me into buying a camper last year, and it was, was something that I I was drug into a little bit apprehensive and thinking I wouldn't like it, and. I love it. But she tells me that it's because that it's a lifestyle that when I'm there, I can still work and be busy. So we, we were at a campsite last year, and there had been a big windstorm. So I spent the whole time picking up the limbs out of our campsite and burning them. And she's like, as long as you're quiet and busy, I don't care. <laughs> so we're sort of, yeah, so we bought a camper, and she's introduced me. We're now empty nesters, so uh, that's that's what we do. But are, you flat tone the Jeep, are you flat-toned the Jeep behind we the were. camper? We were, yeah, that's absolutely. Good. That's yep, good. We did. It's, so it's important. Every time yeah. Ryan breaks up this camper, I think of that movie RVing with Robin Williams. It's a really obscure movie, but uh, I think of Cousin Eddie. I, I fit the Cousin Eddie bill better. Right there with you. Yeah, right there I, with I, you. I know that was the image you had. So let's get something serious. Mitch, uh, thanks for joining us again. And of uh, tell us a little bit about Agronovus, Indiana. What year did you start? How many people you employ? What is your objectives? Yeah, it's a really interesting organization. So Agronovus, a nonprofit focused entirely on growing what we call the ag bioscience economy here in the state. So ag bioscience here in Indiana backed by research is five things, Ryan. So it's value-added food and nutrition. A lot of folks here at ACI focused on food. We have animal health and nutrition. So anything from uh, feed to uh, vaccine falls into that category. Plant science and crop protection, seed genetics, all the way to how do we care for that crop as it becomes a crop. Ag tech, so that intersection of hardware and software, and then production agriculture. None of the rest of these matter. None of the rest of these are possible without production agriculture. So all five of those 
in total is about a $58 billion economy here in the state, direct economic output. When you look at that in context, I think this is really important. 10%, 10% of the state's workforce is directly connected to this ag bioscience economy. And so my job at Agronovus, our job at Agronovus is how do we grow this economy and how do we do it in a way that is smart, is durable, that creates competitive advantage for those that are here? How do we bring innovators from all across the country, all around the world here to Indiana? And that program, it's working. So over the last three years, we just came out with some research early last year where we worked with a bunch of smart economists who said, let's quantify this. Let's look at what's happened. In the last segment that we captured, three-year segment, this economy, all five of those areas, food, animal health, plant science, ag tech, agriculture, grew six billion dollars in 36 months when you look at that same period really interesting things have happened corteva largest pure play ag company in the world chooses indianapolis for its global headquarters elanco following the blockbuster acquisition of bear animal health making them the second largest independent animal health company in the world they had their ipo now they're building a new headquarters downtown indianapolis doing amazing work and in 2022, this is big, three of the top five venture capital deals. So this isn't just big companies. This Now we're talking small companies. Three of the top five venture capital deals in the state were ag bioscience companies. So our job, our work is how do we make that continue? How do we add even more fuel to the fire? We think about it in three really simple ways. We're talking business growth. How do we attract companies? How do we connect companies from all across the country, all around the world to Premier and to your customers and to Corteva and to all the folks that are here with us? How do we do that with capital and startups? So how do we connect startups to capital and how do we tech connect those startups to companies that could ultimately be their customers? And well, then we think that there's a really important piece that is the underpinning of all of this. And if you're going to go across the country and around the world and tell people they should be a part of what we're building here in Indiana, but you got to be based in data. And so we do primary research. You mentioned our podcast earlier. We, we think that there's a way to build a really data-driven magnet that attracts people here. And then the connectivity that we see in this room, that we see across this state, that we saw at the state house this morning, well, that's different. And we can turn this idea into action. And over the last 36 months, we've proven we can do it. Very nice. Mitch, how did this, I mean, tell us how all this started. I mean, who who just, who, I mean, you rattled off the points of five points really quick. Yeah. Who, who was the one or who all was, was involved to bring all this? Who, who discovered the need and then how did it progress from there? A lot of really smart people. So if we look back in the history, so Agronova is part of the Central Indiana Corporate Partnership. Think of this as a holding company to focus on verticals of nonprofits. So there's a life sciences vertical. There's a tech vertical. There is a manufacturing logistics vertical. So in the mid-2010, so 2015, 2016, somebody had this idea that said, you know, I think this, I think this ag thing's a thing here in Indiana. <laughs> you which think? You, you kind of look back and you go, wow, guys. That, that. But it, it, when you look at it, it was historically really considered part of life sciences. And so they said, we think that there's additional focus that needs placed on this. Beth Bechtel, who was part of the ACI team, uh, part of a lot of different organizations, has, I think, probably touched the, the careers and their trajectory of this economy multiple different places across her career. 
Well, she was the one that said, boy, I think we should run this. And so in 2016, Beth and the team created Agrinovis and really founded is this idea of how do we connect and convene? How do we bring rooms together like this? And then how do we take this excitement and energy and turn it into action? How do we go bring companies here? How do we go bring startups here? And how do we do that in a way that we can continue it? I joined in 2020 when Beth went to the United Nations for the FAO, and she's still doing great work over there. And well, you can see what's happened in the last 36, 48 months. She edged you out by two episodes, too, on yeah. the high ground. So well, here's, just, Steph, just we, so tried, you know. we tried to go to Rome. <laughs> yeah. And our CEO made us do it remotely. Yeah, yeah the, the cost, yeah. the cost, probably so a little prohibitive. But here's right. here's the reality. Like this, let's throw the gauntlet down. So we, I know that you're a metrics junkie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's me. So, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's fast forward 12 months and let's see how these things perform. Let's do it. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, All right. All right. Well, we've got it down. Okay. Right. There we'll it is. Who mark, mark the better. time. Yep. So in 2023, I mean, you've discussed some of the big things that's yeah. happened over the last 36 months. So what excites you about 2024? I mean, you certainly we're in we're in January, so yeah. There, there's there's a you, lot of what things. are you thinking? There's a lot of things, and and some of the things that excite me initially sound negative, but I think that's the world we live in. When you when you look at this broader economy that we operate in, by definition, this economy, the ag economy, the food economy, the only economy in the world that touches every person on the planet. I mean, just think about that yeah. for a moment, right? It, the work that happens by ACI members, the work that happens by premier customers, ultimately centers on food. And ideally, we all have a relationship with food at least three times a day, <laughs> at least, right? Uh, more, some more than others. Some more than others. Uh, but that food is the only economy that touches every person on the planet. So when you look at what is ahead in 2024, economists will tell us that well, the global economy is tightening, right? When I was looking at some work this morning from Capital Group, a big mutual fund company, and they look at cycles of the economy. So early, mid, late, and recession. Think about it as kind of a wave. What they forecast for 2024 is China in recession or heading into recession, Germany in recession, most of Europe in recession, the only two economies that are sort of in that late cycle, not in the recession trough, are India and the U.S., it, it, mm. meaningful-sized economies. And so to me, what that says is a couple things. One, we have to be really thoughtful about how we think about marketing, how we think about this broader economy. And as those global challenges exist outside of our borders, well, we're going to have to think about innovation. Right? We, we can't keep doing the same thing we've done over the last cycle and say, boy, it's going to be different. Well, well no, it's, it's going to be more challenging because the partners on the other end, the buyers on the other end are going to be in a really tough economic cycle. Add that to the complexity of we've been in 3%-ish unemployment since the height of the pandemic. Yeah. Most economists will tell you that full employment is 5%, so we're overemployed by definition. So when you look at this tightening global economy, throw in, let's throw in commodity prices that are down, mm. that the margin squeeze is real. Well, the only way to combat margin squeeze is innovation. And we've seen innovation happen here. I know Corteva's in the room. Corteva last year, I think, is a, this is a brilliant example of austerity creates opportunity. Last year, Chuck Magro, the CEO of Corteva, announced a partnership between Chevron and Bungie and Corteva. And ultimately, this is canola double-cropped into beans, into soybeans. Well, the great thing is there, right? now farmers have 
an opportunity for year-round revenue. This isn't just one crop. And we've, we see here in, in Indiana the double crop beans and wheat. Like that, that's a, a relatively normal thing. But the idea of being able to overwinter with canola, use that canola for a fuel source. The, the ultimate idea here is right, to create a new low-carbon fuel. That's why Chevron and Bungie are involved with Corteva. But those kinds of innovation opportunities, we can't think about it the way we've always thought about it. But, and we can be really, boy, it'd be really easy to be downtrodden when you say, gosh, all those things, commodity prices are down, global trade looks really rough with recessionary pressure. But it's in that pressure where opportunity is created. And to me, what excites me, we've got the largest pure play ag company in the world in Corteva here in Indiana, second largest independent animal health company. We have the largest producer of ag biological engineers on the planet. We have the nation's largest medical school at IU. We have the second largest health insurer in the nation. We have the most valuable human pharma company in the world here in Indianapolis. You, you look at that intersection, and we, if we agree that food is the only economy that touches every person on the planet, well, then it's people at the center of this thing. And show me another metro, not just in the country, but in the world that has those assets that I just walked through. That's what excites me. We have to be able to take advantage of that opportunity. It is our opportunity to take. And it's this room, it's ACI, it's Premier, it's us linking arms to say, let's, let's acknowledge the challenge. Let's go find the area for opportunity. Well, he's got me sold. I'm glad I already I live here. I'd have to move. <laughs> in Bloomfield, we got right. Well, there's nothing in Bloomfield, but it's fine. But at three percent, three percent. I mean, what what draws those companies here? It's a great in question. the first place. I mean, that's as we kind of take it for granted where we live, right? And, we do, and uh, and then to hear the the metrics and all the details behind it, you're like, Ooh. and we heard right now before we got started uh, an introduction. The ACI Scott. Uh, Beck said that two thirds of the state is is agriculture. So what dra- what draws these international companies yeah. to Indiana in the first place? So I think there's there's a couple things. One, it's it's this. What is what is it that every company needs? It's customers and it's capital. It's gross oversimplification, but it's customers and it's capital. Well, what we have in Indiana is something that is really unique. We have ACI, we have Agronovus, we have these organizations that bring different groups together to solve real challenges. And when we go and we talk with companies in California or companies in pick your favorite location, what we can offer that most states, most organizations can is a connection to my friend Ryan or a connection to Scott Beck or a connection to pick your favorite person. And if you think about that from an early stage company, that's really what they need. That's invaluable. Yeah. And, and it's that network effect that is powerful. But it's not just, hey, let me introduce you to my friend Ryan. He's a great guy. He has a Jeep, so he must be good. And a camper. And a camper. <laughs> but it, what the reality here is Ryan has a problem to solve. And if these young companies can say, Ryan, I can help you solve that problem. Well, if we can figure that out, then the capital piece follows. And it's that connectivity that I don't see exist at scale any other place in the country. I mean, I can look at a number of projects. We work with the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, in essence, the state's Department of Commerce. We work with them closely. And over this last three-year period that I mentioned, so since 2020, so I guess it's about four years now. So since, since June of 2020, we launched a new strategy where we organized our team I mean, this is incredible. We've worked with companies who have committed to create more than 2,500 new jobs and, more than, and invest more than $1.5 billion 
into their Indiana operations. And that isn't because of Agronovus exclusively. That isn't because of this community. It's because of all of it, right? It's because we can create something here that they can't get somewhere else. And it's that connectivity and commitment to solve a problem that we can do at scale. You know, we kind of take that for granted. I showed up today, and, and I'm shaking hands with old friends that I haven't seen for a long time. And uh, just it warms your heart when you see somebody you haven't seen for That's a right. year. That's exactly And uh, with that connectivity and relationship that we just do naturally right. when we meet people. And uh, I think that's a culture thing. I do. I think it's a culture thing. But I also think it's one where, you know, we're a pretty pragmatic bunch, <laughs> right? Like, can you help me solve a problem? I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. What excites me about the new year? Well, the reality is, is we have a lot of challenge. We have a lot of challenge. I think that's a real thing. But if we can find people who agree that our challenge is the challenge and then say, hey, boy, I want to help you solve it, that's different. So <clears throat> your enthusiasm for Indian agriculture is obviously contagious. I mean, it, you. it, you're always fired pumped, up about it. I'm pumped up. It. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm ready to go do something. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's break this thing off and go do something. But uh, so I emailed you and asked you about being a part of this. And, um, and you were returning trip from Las Vegas yes. from the CES. And you were stoked about how much agriculture was taking front and center at the CES. So you want to go ahead and tell us what CES is and tell us what you saw out there. Give yeah, us a little idea of uh, what you saw in Vegas. Would love to. So CES is the big consumer electronics show. It happens every year. I think this is my fourth year going to CES. And this has really become a, a destination for innovation. So Think of the coolest car tech or truck tech that you can imagine. Think of the coolest new TV. They had a transparent TV. Yeah, it's what? Transparent. Like, I don't know why you would need that. I did see that highlighted. Yeah, so you can look out your window through your TV until you turn it on. Okay, (laughs) sounds great. Somebody will pay for it. So lots of innovation happening. Ten grand, by the way. Ten grand. So. Feels perfect, like a perfect addition to the We've camera. got a coworker that will have one of those by the yeah. end of the week, probably. Yep, probably. <laughs> so when you look at CES, this has become a place to go to. And over the last three years, ag has taken center stage. And what I think is so interesting here, so you, you have, I mean, imagine this. This is Las Vegas Convention Center plus a couple other venues across the city. There were 140,000 attendees at this show. I mean, it's just the, the size and scale and scope is kind of hard to imagine. And right smack in the middle of it is John Deere. Last year at CES, John Deere unveiled the new autonomous ADAR tractor. Now, that comes after a couple acquisitions they've made, and we can get into that if you want to get into that. But what I think is so exciting when you see John Deere, and, and there were some other makes there as well. I should probably... Maybe the safe harbor is I used to be a John Deere dealer, right, so right. pretty much everything's green and yellow when I when I look at it. Uh, but but when you look at what is there with John Deere, so John Deere is talking about artificial intelligence, and if you look at CES, well, let's zoom way out. If you look at anything in the news today, it's AI and everything's AI. And there was an ice cream maker there that I think was pegged as AI. <laughs> Come on, like what? But what John Deere was showing is this really is real tech, real innovation to solve real problems. I mean, for, for those that are, are John Deere users or those that aren't, I mean, look at what is happening in the combine today, right? When you look at combine advisor and, and being able to, to completely automate based on visual imagery of grain quality to adjust the machine itself. That's not somebody turning up a dial, closing something, opening something, that is AI in action. And I think what is really interesting, you put that on center stage at CES, 
Las Vegas, 140,000 people from all around the world, and they begin to see, oh, this ag thing is a tech thing. And not just that that's a neat positioning, but this is real tech applied to solve real challenges in a real economy, a real economy based on food back to only economy in the world that touches every person on the planet. Now there is a global spotlight on the innovation happening in ag and what it actually takes to get that corn, that soybean, whatever it is to your dinner plate or to your world now center stage at CES, really diverse audience coming there. Now, there were a couple other interesting ag applications that were there this year that I thought were really good. Uh, Bobcat, you want to you you say something, Ryan? I don't. Okay. No, well, I'm I'll good. Keep, I'll keep rolling. You keep going. I'll keep rolling because this was interesting. So Bobcat had an all-electric excavator and all-electric all electric skid steer. Oh, this is all you, Sal. Yeah. This, no, I didn't uh, need to say anything. This is Sal's department. I mean, so here's the piece that's interesting, <laughs> right? So all-electric machinery, I think we can – we probably all have a similar view of what that is and <laughs> how, like, how it actually Kind of like we just smelled some onions. Right. It, <laughs> there may be some, some things there. And so I, I started to dig into with these guys. I said, well, help me understand the use case. And you can understand a use case of a, like a an excavator, uh, an all-electric excavator in a closed area sure. where they have to trench. Yeah. Right? Totally makes sense. But the total addressable market for an all-electric skid skier or an all-electric excavator to trench in an enclosed market yeah, it's not a real high unit seller, I would imagine. No. But you begin to think of, okay, well, if you think noise pollution, right? So you're in a dense urban environment, and can you take out some of the, the sound, and can you add an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening where you normally wouldn't be allowed to operate? Okay, that, that becomes interesting. The same thing happens for that all-electric skid steer, right? Can, can you push in an enclosed environment with no emissions? Great. But if you can begin to lower noise pollution... What I walked away with is a couple things. One is, okay, this isn't this isn't a product. This isn't the product. This is part of a portfolio, right? Just just like you're not going to sure. use your backhoe on everything, although it'd be kind of well, fun. it would be kind it'd of be fun. kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's there's lots of different ways to use this, and if if we look at that as a portfolio, I mean, Jamie Heineman, the CTO of John Deere, last year on stage at CES, I love this story. So he had the he had a giant. Uh, 8R on screen behind him. So he had the keynote at CES. And he's talking about this diversity of powertrain. So there's going to be, you know, in the future, their view, John Deere's view at the time, and I think this still holds true, is, yeah, there's going to be internal combustion engines, and there's going to be hybrid, and there's going to be electrification, and maybe there's something else, right? It's going to be a portfolio. But he looked at that 8R tractor behind him, and it was, I think it was doing tillage work. And he said, listen, if we were to electrify this tractor, the one right behind him. It would be 38 Tesla Model 3 batteries just <laughs> to make it work. That tractor would be uh, twice as heavy, cost three times as much. I mean, th- th- it was. you begin to get context for how this is. And so it's not that it's bad or it's good. It's just, boy, that, that's not going to fit most applications. It's a portfolio. It's yep. a portfolio. And that, that was what was fun to see at CES this year. It's not was just AI in action. AI and the food system and what this ultimately meant, but this portfolio and this widening portfolio was possible. Great. Well, we're going to have to wrap, and it sounds like that maybe we're just in the, the first volume of multiple volumes. I hope you would be willing to come back. But as we, uh, as we sit here in front of this ACI membership, I, I think that we've painted a good picture for, for Indiana agriculture, and um, I think it's important to let this group know that they're, 
they're the wheels underneath this uh, underneath this bus, and they're uh, that's the future, the present, uh, and some of the past that that has built this vehicle. And uh, we should be proud of where we are, and and uh, and the business that we've uh, that we've all chosen to be in. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you to uh, the Agribusiness Council of Indiana for allowing us this opportunity to be in front of your membership and uh, Mitch. It's always a pleasure. Oh, great to see you. Thanks yeah, for the opportunity. Absolutely. So that's another episode of The High Ground, powered by Premier Company. Sal, thanks. Okay. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, so Ryan.